Hello, I am Colin Wynn Stanley. Welcome to our podcast. Today we will be discussing Marigolds by Eugenia Collier. I'm Charlie Kiko, and I'll be doing this podcast with Colin. Uh, personally, I found the story rather confusing because the main topic of the story isn't really revealed or addressed until the end. After reading the story several times, I finally understood the symbolism and the topic behind the story better because I was able to make some connections to my own life. Personally, at first, I didn't really enjoy the story because it's not the type of story I like to read, and it's a bit boring, but although after looking deeper beyond the surface, I enjoyed the themes that the story was bringing to, uh, to my life, and I was able to apply it. So we're going to be looking at Marigold through the thematic lens of the loss of innocence. As the story progresses, Elizabeth, the protagonist, forces the harsh realities and emotions that come with maturing. And so, kind of to relate to this, we have a famous quote by Robert South. Innocence is like polished armor, it adorns and defends. And this relates heavily to Elizabeth and her story, because in the beginning, she's very much a carefree child, but towards the end, she kind of starts to come to her senses and really turns into a woman and matures. We are now going to start with our 30-second summaries, which is essentially summarizing the story in 30 seconds. So, Charlie, I will hand that over to you. Okay, so in the story of Marigolds, there's this girl named Elizabeth, and she lives with her family in Massachusetts during the Depression, and she is generally very poor, and her family is kind of falling apart, and she and her friends, they're all kids, and they like to get on the nerves of this elderly lady, who's their neighbor, Miss Lottie, and she plants these beautiful marigolds in her yard, and they, like, they essentially just kill the marigolds, and... They, towards the end, Elizabeth kind of comes to her senses, finally feels guilt, and eventually ends up destroying all of the marigolds, and it kind of represents... That was pretty good, that was pretty good. Okay, your turn. Alright, three, two, one, go. Okay, so we have Elizabeth, who's kind of just torn in between um, innocence and womanhood, and she has this little brother, and they pester this old woman who's actually like, who they, they think she's really mean, but she's just trying to create some beauty in the world by planting these these marigolds. And she, Elizabeth, seeing that she's taking on adult responsibilities, gets very upset, and then she destroys the, every single marigold. And then she realizes what she's done and reflects on it in her future. Okay, that was pretty good. Next up, we have a couple quotes from the story that we're going to analyze through a thematic lens of innocence. This one can be found on page 120. Nor did we wait for hard work and thrift to pay off and shining success as the American dream promise, for we knew better. So this quote shows that Elizabeth's family is very impoverished and in kind of a neighborhood where the American dream is really just a dream. They feel like they have no chance at success and Elizabeth doesn't really see this until the end of the, the, end of the story where she kind of comes to her senses uh, almost becomes a woman. Basically, she finally understands the world and the fact that the American dream is just a dream. And that seems, it almost seems like it's a little heartbreaking to Elizabeth in the end. And it kind of ruins everything she saw dear to her as a child. She didn't really realize that the American dream is just a dream when you're living in a poor town. All right, on to quotation two, which can be found on 124. Suddenly, I was ashamed, and I did not like being ashamed. The child in me sulked, but the woman in me flinched at the thought of the malicious attack that I had led.
And this shows how Elizabeth's emotions are changing and that she is crossing the threshold into maturity, just based on this quote alone. Originally, she didn't really feel any guilt at all when she and her other friends went to destroy the flowers. They were just out there for the fun, but towards the end of the story, she finally starts to feel emotions like guilt and sadness, as it mentions in the quote, which really tears up her innocence and throws her into maturity. This quote can be found on page 126. The witch was no longer a witch, but only a broken old woman who had dared to create beauty in the midst of ugliness and sterility. She had been born in squalor and had lived in it all her life. This quote kind of shows Elizabeth's realization that Miss Lottie, who she and the other kids had thought of as a witch, is really just a woman trying to live the American dream in a place where it's basically impossible. And after she destroys the flowers, she kind of realizes that Miss Lottie was hardly a witch at all. She was quite the opposite. Yeah, she sees Miss Lottie in a new light and a person who dared to create beauty in ugliness. Our last and final quote can be found on page 126. I know that moment marked the end of innocence. Innocence involves an unseen acceptance of things of face value and ignorance of the area below the surface. And character literally, she, like, she literally realizes that her innocence is gone and everything has been reformed in a new light whether good or bad. You know, after this whole Marigold incident, she finally realizes all these things that she was so blind to, and she even admits to the fact that her innocence was really the thing blinding her and keeping her from seeing that Miss Lottie isn't a witch. She's someone trying to do good in the face of darkness, and that her family really isn't perfect, and her dad isn't the strong rock that she originally thought of him as. Next up, we have a four-tiered reading process where we're going to take one different quote from the story and we're going to look at it from four different levels. So our first tier is going to be what's literally going on in the quote. Our second tier is what's the figurative meaning behind the sentence? What can we read into the sentence? Tier three is going to be reflecting personally on the sentence and what it means to us. How can we see the concept of the sentence playing out in our lives and what does it remind us of? And lastly, tier four is what does the sentence call us to do? How do you want to behave differently based on the meaning of the sentence? So here's our quotation, which can be found on page 125. My mother, who was small and soft, was now the strength of the family. My father, who was the rock on which the family built, was sobbing like the tiniest child. So what's literally going on here is that Elizabeth is very shaken. She's known her parents her whole life as these hardworking people that aren't weak and won't show weakness. But seeing her parents so frill causes shock and bewilderment i mean if you take a look at children like they look to their parents as their strength and that's just very shaking i think for anyone to see their parents break down and look so helpless i can definitely see how this would be a really hard time for their family like elizabeth's father thinks he needs to be the one to be providing for his family but really the only person in that family who's even employed and making money and providing is Elizabeth's mom and I can tell just from Elizabeth's description of this event that Elizabeth's father is completely torn up inside about not being able to help provide for his family. So this quote kind of shows how Elizabeth tries to make sense of her family in this dark devastating time. She says later on the world has lost her ba its boundary lines. Elizabeth had always seen her parents as strong hard-working people who weren't weak so seeing her dad in this vulnerable state really shakes up her view on her family. 
She has to try and reevaluate her position in the family, knowing that her father isn't the strong rock she thought he was. And this once again kind of marks another chapter in Elizabeth's loss of innocence. Well, everything, she's almost bottling up her emotions from this and the guilt she feels for destroying the flowers. And it all kind of builds and builds and builds until finally she just explodes in the field of marigolds and loses it up. Yeah, well, as people, I, we get accustomed to a set way of life. And when that set way of life is disturbed, um, we no longer know what to do and we're sh scared and shaken. The boundary lines that our life are suddenly broken and muddied and you find yourself not knowing what to do. So our third tier is personally reflecting on the sentence and what it means to us and how we can see the concept playing out in our lives. So similar to similarly to Elizabeth and her father, I always assumed my grandfather is a strong person who could overcome any weakness. This all changed when I was about eight years old and my grandmother passed away. I'd never seen him so vulnerable. I'd always thought of Grandpa as a solid rock the way Elizabeth saw her father. Just like Elizabeth, seeing a strong family member become emotional really changed the view of my family. And this kind of changed the way I see my family members forever because when I was younger, it was kind of all about me. I didn't realize that they too felt similar emotions to me. And now, after that, having that experience of seeing my grandpa so vulnerable, it really changed the way I view people. I didn't really witness this, but my dad was deployed to Afghanistan and he told me that he cried getting on the plane to go there. And frankly, I was surprised because my dad had always been this rock, basically. And my family, you could say like, he has always been this strong figure in my life. And it was a point in my life where I realized grown-ups are allowed to cry and that my dad loved us all quite deeply. And that just really hit me, realizing that. So our last tier, tier four, is what the sentence calls us to do and how we can behave differently based on the meaning of the sentence. I feel like this sentence is calling me to be more sympathetic. I've always been rather quick to judge people, but this quote reminds me that other people have mental struggles and emotions and hard times, even if they don't show them. So rather than judging people, I'm going to try to be more understanding and sympathetic. And this too kind of applies to how I've always been kind of a person who holds grudges, especially against family members. like. My sister and I argue over the dumbest things, yet we hold grudges against each other all the time. And from now on, I'm going to try and put myself in her shoes and see the argument from her perspective. I think the sentence is uh, calling me to be more aware of everything and that I shouldn't take things for granted and should accept change as a part of life. Uh, I want to be more open-minded and aware that things are always not what they seem and that it's okay to show emotion and weakness and be vulnerable. So to end our podcast, we're each going to bless a character. And so I've chosen to bless Miss Lottie. And I think Miss Lottie represents all the people in the world who dare to be creative and different. Despite all the terrible things happening in the world, there are people doing good things and using innovation to fix problems and see the best in every situation. I feel like Miss Lottie, who dared to create beauty in the midst of ugliness, represents all the people taking the world in a good direction. You know, Miss Lottie, she was originally viewed as a witch. She was viewed as bad. But towards the end of the story, she's revealed to be this wonderful person who's just trying to live her life and create joy in the midst of darkness. And I feel like there are people in this world trying to do this during dark times too. I would like to bless Elizabeth because in the beginning of the story, she was still somewhat of an innocent child. 
but she understands what's wrong with the world, but doesn't drastically experience a realization of that until the end of the story. And I'm proud of her that she's able to come to her senses and mature, and that she's been able to experience this. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Marigolds by Eugenia Collier. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll be back for more future podcasts.